just a wink and a nod. And then you go about your business. (laughs) (laughs) That's almost worse. It really is, isn't it? (laughs) I'd rather just someone touch me. (laughs) Oh, can that be the intro? You got to cut that as the intro to this episode. (laughs) Don't tell me how to cut and take away my artistic interpretation. (laughs) But also you're going to do it because it's great. Probably. This is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. And today we have a fantastic guest. We have the mayor of Salida, Colorado, co-founder and owner of Woods High Mountain Distillery and just a delightful wizard cowboy and one of the beneficiaries of my great man crush, P.T. Wood. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I actually, this is great. I went and just poured myself uh, whiskey because I didn't think it would be appropriate to talk uh, with you guys unless I had a cup of whiskey in my hand. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I definitely poured myself a glass of rum and I was like, mm, it's three o'clock, but I can't not drink. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about the uh, zombie apocalypse is that it's okay to start drinking at any time of the day now. Oh, okay. And if you add alcohol to it, doesn't that help sanitize it? Because essentially you need clean, potable sources of hydration. So I think we're doing God's work. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I've been adding alcohol to everything. My milk. (laughs) God, that makes Cheerios delicious. You know, and they they recommend that it be over 60%, right? So I'm drinking it right out of the barrel. full, Full gun. (laughs) <laughs> you you quarantine yourself in the barrel room yeah totally it Fucking seems genius. to be working <laughs> well pt we've wanted to get you on forever and like talk about distilling and uh colorado and being the mayor but apparently we had to wait yeah. till the end of the world and now we're just going to talk to you about viruses <laughs> and hand sanitizer i hope you're cool with that yeah perfect i mean we uh it's funny we actually had the national guard in town today doing a uh uh, COVID tests and they were trying to do, they had a hundred tests they were going to do. And luckily we only had people, 20 people that were sick enough to get the doctor's note to go out and get it. So I don't know if that's uh, a good sign or a bad one, but I'm going with good. We're going with good. You know, when you're a politician, you got to find the bright side on everything, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been a, are you abusing your position as a mayor to go to the front of the line for all the tests? <laughs> you just keep getting another he, test. He took all yeah. 20 of those tests. Yeah. 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 No, but I will say I went and got a cop car, and now I drive around town with the lights on. <laughs> that's oh, that's cool. amazing. <laughs> I wonder if I can pull that off in New Orleans. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> It'd be bitching. Yeah, it would be so great. Be. Hey, if uh, it'll keep people inside, I'm all for it. <laughs> Okay, PT, I, I really do want to hear your perspective as a as a mayor of a town in Colorado who's going through this. What's it been like? I, I mean, it, I know it's been inc- incredibly busy and insane for you, but kind of fill us in yeah. on your day-to-day and how much that's changed just in the last week. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, at the, at the beginning of the week, I knew what a phone conference is, and now I know what a Zoom meeting is, an anywhere <laughs> meeting, a go-to meeting, uh, jump on your whatever meeting it's been and it's been insane and like and what i've really realized is um 
the folks in charge just want to sit in a meeting and tell you the same fucking thing that they just told you again. Um, it's a bit ridiculous. And I, I don't, one thing that I think I'm kind of uh, well known for in our community is running a tight, fast, concise meeting, just getting it done and getting the hell out of there. Um, and man, I'm meeting with all kinds of politicians and health folks, and they are not on the same page as me on that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what my day's like. And then I get done at the end of the day, and I open up Facebook, and people are uh, accusing me of all kinds of stuff. I, I caused it, and I'll, I'll take the heat for that. But um, and then I go to you know drink some whiskey and go to bed. There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, it is common knowledge that you did spend a lot of time in Wuhan uh, several well, months ago. So, I mean, that makes you sense. Feed, you got to feed that bat habit yeah. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there goes the plan for a Woods High Mountain bat infused gin. Exactly. I know the cat's out of the bag on that one. It was the bat. That was a really bag. nice kind of earthy guano. <laughs> Uh, so are you jumping on the, the sanitizer situation too? It seems like there's, there's been a lot of movement on that in the last week, really, in terms of FDA, TTB, ACSA has really been working hard along with a lot of the other groups to try and get that kind of cleaned up. And it looks like everyone can kind of do it now, as long as they have state approval. Is that right? They do. It's actually, yeah. So we're, uh, we're waiting for, uh, um, some glycerin and some other stuff so we can start doing that. And uh, one of the cool things we're doing is actually uh, uh, working with the local grow house, uh, get them on board up and running, doing some and, uh, and collaborating together. Cause they do a, uh, they do a bunch of oh, uh, oils and stuff like that that require uh, um, high proof alcohol and uh, um to get the whatever i don't know yeah they do extractions and stuff right? yeah to do the extraction oh, nice so, wait so yeah, is this so, like infused and your hands will get all tingly and that's, that's what whatever your hands before. get high right? <laughs> <laughs> my hands are high <laughs> that's a, that new greeting that jazz hands thing donor yeah. hands <laughs> but you know this whole thing we aren't passing meducci anymore are we no, I didn't even think Not of that. The right hand side or the left hand side or any side. Wow. Yeah. It's a brave new world, folks. Yeah. Everybody's got to fire up their own joint. And <laughs> I don't know if that's the world I want to live in. <laughs> that's exactly the world I want to live in. Wait, we can still share bottles of whiskey, though, right? Because that's high proof. So, like, that's self sanitizing. Yeah, as long as it's. Uh, old brown and strong like myself <laughs> god i love your quote so much pt i'm serious though someday pt i want a podcast of just you quoting things or maybe just reading old books that's all i need are in my sure, life are, are you sure you aren't getting that right now but i kind of feel like this is the intro episode it's it's gonna it's gonna evolve into that and i feel real good about this Perfect. I, I, I do want to say that we were talking about what the ttb and acsa is doing everything and we just you know they just sent out that there's no more transfer and bond. You don't need approval for it now, which is well. You huge. still you still have to submit for it. Yeah, you still have to file you it. Submit, yep. you're good. Right. Yeah, as long as you submit it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how uh, how actually the government can react and do these changes if they 
if there's a pandemic. Like years and years to get them to adjust the standards of film. Man, pandemic, boom, it's done. It's crazy. I'm looking right here. I got an email just a minute ago from the Oregon uh, Liquor Control Board, and they have a huge list of things they're doing specifically for uh, alcohol programs to help them now. And it's things like uh, allowing alcohol returns, uh, holding annual retail license fees, um, basically holding off on collection on certain payments. Uh, they're allowing bars and restaurants to do off-premise sales for 90 days. Uh, like there's just a huge list of things and there are multiple states doing this. So I should, I should have mentioned too, PT, you were the former president of the Colorado Distillers Guild. What's going on in Colorado too? What, what's the state doing there to kind of help out? So um, a lot of the same things. We're uh, just uh, yesterday, the governor allowed bars and restaurants to do takeout uh, liquor. We haven't got there for the distillery tasting rooms. Um, they're allowing the brewers to do it. So we're uh, talking with the uh, governor over the weekend, trying to uh, get a little more modification on that so that we can do uh, to-go cocktails and things. Good. And I will say we've been, uh, we're still um, open for bottle sales, which is something you can do in Colorado already. Um, and so we've had a steady stream of folks coming in, uh, buying bottles, stocking up their bar, doing uh, whatever they can to just uh, to help local folks stay in business. And that's going to be the, I think, the biggest thing that we're working on as a city is how do we keep our small business folks and their employees in a place where when this is done, they can open the doors and we can throw a giant party, just like come to Salida and let's, let's dance naked in the streets kind of shit. God, you're a good mayor. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I mean, <laughs> it, might, it might scare a few folks when it's me up on my roof dancing naked, but whatever. Hey, practice what you preach. That's not how you got elected in the first place? <laughs> well, that was a big part of it, yeah. <laughs> really spiced up the 4th of July parade. Uh, I mean, this is definitely kind of outside the purview of what we usually talk about. But in terms of, you know, you, you say when this is kind of over, do we have any idea and estimates of, you know, not even on the government level, but what are what do you think people's tolerance for pain is in terms of self-quarantine at a certain point of people just going to be like, I got to go out and live my life. I got to reopen my business. Do you have a sense of that, at least just in your own kind of, you know, micro economy there in Salida? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we're far enough into this yet to know. It's just so fresh. Um, you know, last Saturday we were, we were open and jamming and cranking out cocktails and, um, you know, today I'm sitting here, I've laid everybody off with my distiller back and uh, I'm you know, just sitting around waiting for uh, someone to come in and buy a bottle. I've got the postman stopping in, dropping off something awesome looks like and post office guys, they're still working hard. So that's cool. Are they in, are they in full mask and hazmat suits or they're just no. normal shorts and yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it is it's it is mid mid March in Colorado, so I don't know about shorts yet. <laughs> Just banana hammocks. <laughs> Just banana <laughs> that that is a city law. Yeah, you know, speaking of banana hammocks, um, what I'm really <laughs> bummed about 
is they just closed the Grand Canyon National Park, and I was supposed to go on a river trip uh, in the middle of April. Oh, shit. And, don't you have to wait like 20 years to get on those lists? Yeah. yeah it takes a long time. Yeah. And, and, and I got, I had the pleasure of going down uh, the Yampa with, uh, with Brian last uh, uh, summer. And so he knows how much I love hanging out on a raft with a bottle of whiskey in a banana. Yeah. It's, and you haven't lived it until you've been yeah. yeah. Oh, PT, I'm so sorry that, that, are they going to extend it later? Do you think, or do you have to draw a new ticket then? Yeah, they're they'll give uh, they'll they'll reassign launches, but it'll oh. be for next like next year, right, or whatever. Oh. So I'm, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna get my fix uh, in two weeks that I yeah. desperately needed. Did Did you hear about that group that was on the Colorado in the Grand Canyon for like 21 days or something, and they came out yeah. and then they came to a brand new world yeah. where this virus yeah. is going on. Yeah, that was a great that was a great story. New York Times, I think, or something. It was, it yeah. was because you don't get to hear those stories very often. But know, it was, right? a, and, and yeah. this will be this would have been my seventeenth trip down there, and that's always something you talk about is like what's going on out there because you're completely disconnected for three weeks, which is sounds great. Probably it's the amazing. greatest thing on earth, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, good. You're going to, you're going to need that kind of trip soon after you're stuck at home for six to eight weeks doing the exact opposite of only right. being online. <laughs> well, my boat is out in my backyard all rigged up and I was getting it ready to go. So, um, I've just been sitting on that and, <laughs> ski and Christy comes out and throws a bucket of water on me. So it's working, right? Oh. In a, in a far less interesting but similar scenario. Do you see that the uh, it's like Canadian Big Brother, that TV show Big Brother? Mm-hmm. They didn't know oh, about yeah. it, and they totally seclude uh, those people. <laughs> and when they come out, they're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Did they tell them like on air? I don't know. I think yeah, I do think they finally told them on air because I mean, Canada closed all its borders, right? They did. So, yeah, they did. Truck, I think. Yeah. 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 So it's like you know, and that's that's. One of my favorite things that I get every single day from uh, somebody locally, they're like, you have to close the borders now. Close and close and close. And I'm like, of the town? <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, um, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you have your drone. What are you talking about? What is the population yeah. of your town? Uh, we have about 6,000 folks in, in okay. town, and then uh, countywide, we're about 19,000. Do you have any positive cases of COVID-19? Yeah, we we have three right now, and we're okay. just starting to get, uh, again, starting to get tests back. But the good news is, is that's out of, I think, about 40 um, tests that we've been able to, that we've gotten back. We've only had three positives, and two of those were folks that were in very close proximity to each other. Okay. So, and again, like I said, the National Guard was here testing, and they only had 20 people that uh, qualified to get twest, uh, tested, and they were uh, they had 100 tests. So, again, I'm I'm being optimistic, but I think what we found is that this thing can just blow up out of nowhere, kind of. So. Um, but folks are staying home. It's a ghost town out 
there right now. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like I'm a little worried about when this is over because I'm getting used to just walking across the street without <laughs> looking. Right. <laughs> I sur- survive the pandemic and get hit by a bus. <laughs> so. it's, it's, it's funny you say that. I almost got hit by a car like two days ago. <laughs> same thing. I just was crossing the street and someone beeped on, it was like a, in New Orleans, we have a lot of what they call neutral ground. It's just like a median. And there's two lanes on one side going one direction, two lanes on the other side, right? And I'm like, I got across one way and someone turned and beeped. And I turned to look at that, but kept walking. And my wife, you know, short stopped me. She just stuck her arm out. Right. Saved your life. saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Hey, and speaking of New Orleans, have you run into my, my buddy Rocky down there at Lulu Distilling? Lula, yeah. Rocky Tingler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rocky. he is. He, he worked for me for a long time. Great dude. Oh, I didn't know he worked for you. Oh shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's yeah. A, yeah, he is a great dude. He's just like totally. him and his wife are just like the yeah. most genuine, sweet people. Absolutely. Uh, they kind of make me sick, actually, because <laughs> Zeno hates anything good and pure. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Stop being so damn nice already. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he hates this whole like sanitizer situation for the industry it's so helpful and like it's getting such good pr and like it's yeah, maybe yeah, saving right? lives like he d- it's the worst thing for Zeno. <laughs> yeah no I, and and there is a need to maintain the dark side here for sure yeah. well i'll take a large portion of that um <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know the thing about the whole hand sanitizer thing i don't want to make this a hand sanitizer podcast but it's it yeah, because it's a White Claw podcast, so yeah, don't the get us too off top. Uh, it's been a ton of it's it's a you know it's sourcing. It's like you're talking about uh, glycerol. Right? We we have to source all these raw materials. It's mainly logistical phone calls that we're making, and it's extremely difficult because everyone's making them, right? Mm-hmm. And transportation sucks right now yep. because yeah. it's insane out there. But then on top of that, so all that I had this you know the second half of this week has been you know, like eight hours of phone calls for me. And then last night, my, you know, the founder of my company, was like, Hey, uh, can you go to the distillery? The newspaper wants to take pictures of what we're doing. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) 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 I'm like, yeah, I can, but I don't want to. Right. Right. Um, so there's like the whole media aspect of it. Cause like, Oh, you're doing a good thing. Repurposing your business. And I'm really excited of, of, of how it's evolved. Hopefully I can, I can really bring on more people, even more people than my employees, as in like food industry people that are really hurting right now. Um, so I, that's those are the people that I'm going to hire just hourly. Because if it blows up like I think it's going to blow up and it has been blowing up from the hand sanitizer side, I need hands, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. To sanitize. To sanitize. Right. Like a bucket <laughs> of hands. Like. <laughs> Sanitized pachuga. Like I don't know where this is going, but I like yes. it. <laughs> Hanitized. You know, and and I will say we're still, well, we have a ton of raw ingredients. We're still making whiskey, and I, right. you know, right. I can't. I two years from now, when this is over with, or four years, or six years, depending on the product, I, I, you know, I don't want to have a big hole in my, in my. Uh, uh, inventory there yes yeah. so, you know not to be selfish or not but i plus i fucking love making whiskey i mean it is <laughs> what who you know I, who thought that was the thing i would get to do as an adult that's just like <laughs> i mean 
as a teenager, sure. But now that I'm grown up, I get to do that. Kind of cool. Well, I love making hand sanitizer. <laughs> and artist in hand sanitizer. <laughs> Said literally no one ever. Right. Um, there was a funny thing, and I, I forget. Uh, it was on NPR. And it was a distiller in Washington. He's like, yeah, but we can always just crack open some aged barrels of rum and make more if we run out of neutral. I'm like, dude, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, baby, yeah. no. I mean, maybe if they were really bad barrels. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, this is total shit. So. If we, if we, yeah, if we do run out, there is like, I mean, I had thought about it. You know, if I can't get denatured or even neutral, and you know that teat runneth dry, then I was like, you know what, I'm gonna use shitty black shrimp grade molasses. And just right. ferment every bit of sugar and a little bit of sugar out of that and just distill the shit out. Of it. I feel like there's a missed marketing opportunity with Pappy Van Winkle, like hand sanitizer. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, right. Come on, guys. Pappy 25 hand sanitizer. Yeah, $1,000 $1, a bottle. <laughs> Wait, but like we can be, we can be collectors then. We can trade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the secondary market for hands and he's just going oh, that's on. beautiful. I love this because we're making a joke and making fun of the secondary whiskey trade market, which I hate. <laughs> sure are, um, sure. Okay, I have a I have a semi-serious question. PT, you you mentioned the fact that you're still producing whiskey cuz obviously you yeah. can't you can't sacrifice the long term for the short term. But right. there's going to be a lot of distilleries who are really going to have trouble in these coming weeks if not already because of the lack of on-premise sales things like that. Do you have any advice? You've been doing this for a while now. What do you think people should be doing to try and survive this? Like what do you suggest people consider? What I'm doing is running around in a corner of my building with my hands over my head screaming. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's going to help other folks. <laughs> no. uh, seriously, there's a, there's a bunch of um, SBA stuff that's coming up out there. Um, and I think there, there's a few things that you can do. One, they're all loans, certainly, and that's not always ideal to take on even more debt because this industry is all about taking on debt because it's so freaking expensive. Um, but I think a number of those are looking like potentially they could be uh, forgivable at some point. Mm -hmm. And then a number of them are also super low interest rates over 30 years. So um, get a hold of your local economic uh, development guys, your uh, uh local small business administration if you have a small business uh, development corporation in your area get a hold of them um, and go out and apply for every single thing you can i think that's been uh, my brother lee is my partner in this business and i think that's his new uh, full-time job is going out and applying for uh, stuff it sounds, I don't know if you guys can hear that or not. That's uh, Beck spraying down a still or something in the background. I apologize. <laughs> no, you're good. I thought that was just the sound of him applying. Yes, totally applying himself. That's it. It's the sound of him processing the bats. <laughs> Which is a pain in the ass. You got to pick their little wings off. They're so tiny. They're so tiny and fast. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get them fresh. Gotta get them fresh. Damn it, Brian. Oh, beat you to it. Uh, 
You know, this podcast has totally killed any chance I have of re-election. You know? <laughs> well, maybe maybe on a state level, but federal, this may boost you up. Like, this you could maybe go big. Right? Yeah. I say go for something Senate. Come on, go big. Okay. Fear yeah, not. Perfect. Caleb is not judgmental. <laughs> uh, so I did see, uh, I think this this press release just came out a day or so ago, but I know uh, ACSA, Discus, a bunch of the other associations, KDA, they're all pushing for um, uh, FET, something we surprisingly have not talked. This is one of the few things that we talked about every episode <laughs> that has been kind of pushed down is FET tax relief. Uh, and then no and low interest loan assistance, suspension of tariffs on distilled spirits and industry stabilization funds. So I think those are all good things that listeners should be aware of that, you know, we're trying to push for as an industry. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, this is part of that conversation is pushing for the the craft beverage modernization tax relief act to be made permanent. Yeah. as part of uh, one of those moves. And I don't know that we've figured out 100% where that slots in, but that's a big part of the conversation so that we can uh, have um, long-term uh, comfort in what our tax level is going to be moving forward instead of right now, you know, we, we have no idea what tax rate we're going to be paying next year. Right. Right. So. Which we're we're coming into a situation. No matter how long this lasts, now we're going. The industry itself. I can't speak about the the larger national economy, but this industry will have a, a at least a short term recovery phase, and it's going to be real tough for a lot of these people. So knowing that they don't have to tackle this every goddamn year, that could be the difference between closing shop or not. Well, hopefully we're getting into some like good graces with the government, right? We're going to help out, make hand sanitizer, pivot our business and make it through this, even with layoffs and everything and be like, look, okay, come on. <laughs> right? We were only able to do that because of the reduction we already had. Exactly. Half of, half, of, half of the distilleries that are probably making hand sanitizer right now might not even exist if it wasn't for the last few years of that reduction, yeah. right? Mine, mine is one of those. That's in, I include myself in one of them. Yeah. No, it would have been really, really challenging, especially with um, the growth in the number of distilleries and the challenges behind getting shelf space and all the just day-to-day hardness of being in this business. Um, unfortunately, I think this is going to um, probably take out some of the uh, – less viable businesses and some of the newer folks because it is such a cash intensive business and when that cash flow stops man things get awful real awful fast yep right not to be a downer i'm trying to i'm trying to be more optimistic these days no i've been i've been trying to like taper that because i mean this is it's a weird time and we're none of us have ever seen anything like this so I've been trying to taper that for myself and all my redditing of uh, <laughs> is of like looking at the positive things. I'm like, okay, what is the good that can come out of this when we get through it? Right. right. And you know, this, that tax reduction, that has to, that has to get done because we need to go on to the next thing that we need. Right. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm with you, Brian. I'm fucking sick of it. Right. Yeah. I'm sick of talking about on this show, uh, which is painful for me to do 
just when we're not talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, though, like it just, I, yeah, I keep thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know, that is the reality of it, though, PT. And it, it, but there are there are some good things that could come out of this too. Absolutely, and you know, I, I'm tired of going going to Washington a couple times a year and begging for this tax relief. I'm just over it as well. I, yeah, I, well, especially because they always say, "Well, we support you. We just can't publicly support it." <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, we we support it, but can't. Yeah. yeah, and it's. I mean, it's always fun to go to Washington and hang out with uh, sure, all sure. the cool kids in the industry. But then going down to the Capitol and begging for money—that part just sucks. Yeah, it's. It. I totally feel that. Right. It's like the greatest thing. Like, oh, cool! All these people that I don't get to see, but maybe twice a year, maybe. Right. And you're so excited. And then I go and I'm like, well, now I got to walk like 700 miles in these fucking loafers and <laughs> talk yeah. to politicians that I hate. No, uh, not even politicians, but they're aides. Talk to aides and yeah, explain right. how you're not yeah. a brewery and try and explain the difference. Yeah. Some fucking pimply faced fucking 19 year old. <laughs> right. Like, <I'm> like, <laughs> Who probably are our de- listening demographic, so we're killing that. But right. <laughs> Well, if you have acne, just don't listen to this. <laughs> you know, and we were supposed to be getting together in Portland next weekend. Right. That, you know, so I'm sad about that. But it sounds like that's been rescheduled for August. So, Did I'm, we get a date on that? That's great. Yeah, I just saw that today. And it's like the first week of August or something. Oh, cool. I don't remember. But um, anyways, that's like... One of my favorite things about the, this industry is just getting together with the, with my my family, you know, and talking shit and drinking booze and just giving hugs. I don't even know if we're going to be able to do that ever again. No, so. social distance hugs only. What exactly is a social distance hug? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm afraid Colton's going to tell us and it's going to yeah, be weird. Right. No, yeah. Define <laughs> that for me. I know my buddy Lenny up at Deerhammer is stoked about that. <laughs> He's been pushing for the social distance hug for for years. So <laughs> it's just a wink and a nod, and then you go about your business. <laughs> Ooh, that's almost yeah. worse. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just someone touch me. oh can that be the intro you gotta cut that as the intro to this episode (laughs) don't tell me how to cut and take away my artistic interpretation (laughs) but also you're gonna do it because it's great probably maybe we just have to touch ourselves from now on (laughs) wait you're not oh wait you were talking about presently (laughs) yeah that's the great thing about a podcast Oh, it really is. It really is. All the touching. Yeah. <laughs> of yourself, because we're safe. Totally yeah, safe. It's, it's for uh, safety. Industry uh, leaders I will right say here. that hand sanitizer does sting hair. Yeah. <laughs> it also stings some skin. Um, uh, it, can, you, can you transmit uh, Corona with hand jobs? <laughs> I was not ready for that question. I really wasn't. I feel like I should have knowing you this long, but I was yeah. not prepared. You because you thought it was a legitimate I, question. I did. <laughs> yep. You don't don't feel don't feel the need to answer that. PT. Definitely yeah. don't answer that. PT. Just, we'll, we'll look it up on the CDC website. 
<laughs> I'll submit a question to the FDA and see what we get. <laughs> CDC, who someone's got to know. I, I might have just sprayed a little whiskey out my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all related to the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sanitizing. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's. I want to back up a sec, PT, and pretend that this whole uh, worldwide pandemic didn't happen. What's uh, what's been going on with uh, Woodside Mountain Distillery? You guys, uh, you guys have been cranking along for quite a while now. What you guys have been putting down a lot of whiskey. Uh, how many stills do you do? You still have just the two stills, or do, I know you were talking about expanding a while ago. Where's that at? Yeah, so we're uh, in our eighth year here now, um, which makes me kind of a, one of the grandpas of the Colorado thing. Like, sure does. We Rob Masters and a few other guys of only older dudes. Uh, Len, he's about a uh, he was about a year ahead of us. A few other guys, but um, so yeah, just uh, oh, a year and a half ago or so, we brought in. Uh, we went from about a hundred and fifty liter system to a twenty four hundred liter system. Uh, so ramp things up just a hair. And that was, I think, so Lee and I, I had this idea back in the mid nineties, right? I, I'm floating down the river. I'm like, yeah, we're going to open a distillery. It's going to be awesome. And my brother's like, you're an idiot. Wise man. <laughs> Wise man. And, uh, I was at the time I was selling kayaks and kayak accessories, um, <laughs> door, door to door, um, now to uh, to retailers, but um, I got fired in 2001. Um, there was this mass blowout of all independent sales reps in the whitewater industry, right? And so I was like, "Sweet, let's open a distillery." And so we put together a business plan and we started to try and figure it out. And then 9/11 happened, and I started to call the uh, ATF the week after uh, 9/11. <laughs> Um, yeah right good fucking luck bro it'd be like me calling up uh, the cdc right now asking if uh, i could put aspirin in my vodka (laughs) i think right now you could actually now you might get approval on that to be honest i know i have this idea i'm like like, you know feed the tuna fish man Wait, this sounds like a good idea. Only in plastic <laughs> containers, know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we got shot down. Bought a pizza place. We opened in two. Th- finally opened up in 2012. I have no idea where this long ass story is going, frankly. But that's um, the way we like it. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> Made booze, expanded, got more equipment, making more booze. Oh, I know. What I, the point was that uh, Lee and I have been trying to do this out of our pockets, right? Um. He kept his day job, luckily, but neither one of us are uh, uh, Bill Gates, right? So um, we had no idea if we could actually distill. It was just an idea. And we got this ancient uh, uh, antique German pot still from a friend of mine, opened the business, started to make booze. It actually turned out that um, I think I'm okay at it. Um <laughs> At least I do. I, I enjoy my booze. It's delicious. Um, and so we finally figured out that this was actually a thing and it was going to work. And so we expanded. And now uh, the pandemic comes in and, oh, Lord only knows what the hell is going to happen. Um, one of the cool things with the expansion, though, that I will say um, is that we started to make, we had the equipment finally 
to make neutral alcohol. So we started to make a potato vodka. And holy crap, what a giant pain in the ass that is. But I, <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> processed potatoes, you fucking maniac. <laughs> right? But I freaking yeah. love the product. I, I'm yeah, geeking out on awesome. vodka, which is, uh, you know, for a whiskey guy is a freaking odd thing to do. But it's it's been fun. So who man who what's the manufacturer of the still that you can do both whiskey and vodka on it? Uh, we had Steve Cage build it, so he was artisan, kind of went off did his own thing. So it's a, um, a custom. there's it's custom, yeah. So there's a separate pour plate column that we can tie into the uh, the rest of the column to get to the equivalent of twenty plates on our column. Nice. Cool. So that potato vodka, it means there's a lot of character to it. You like it? Like there it is. Yeah. yeah. It's got that it's yeah. got that beautiful earthy guano flavor I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and how long's your fermentation time on that? Because I know like potatoes are notorious for long to- fermentation times. They get gummy, but yeah. how are you dealing with that? Well, we're, so and we're big on long fermentations. Like our whiskey I ferment for nine days. Nice. And we do get a little, uh, uh, we have lactobacillus in the distillery, so everything gets infected. Um, and I actually like how the, you, know, you get some, some pretty cool stuff out of that that I like. Um, with the, with the uh, potatoes, we do about six days, and that seems about the right. Uh, it will start thicken a little bit, it seems like. Yep. Um, but that seems about right. And that it gives it a lot of, it really does give it a lot of character. You get this beautiful earthiness. You can tell it comes from, uh, potatoes. Like the whole distillery smells like French, French fries when you're back. Yeah. It's super yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta tell you, there's, um, uh, I met the guy who like started Chopin. He was at the last ADI, I think. And he gave a little talk and he was talking about, and his best product, his mo- thing that he's most proud about is it's called, uh, they just call it single because they can't call it vodka. So he only distills it to 80%, 160 proof. And it's single varietal potatoes that he does like once a year. And people like wait in line as if it's like pappy, right? Because right. Polish people like potato vodka. If, if <laughs> um, so, but I, like, I was just so, he never, I've never met someone romance a potato as much as this guy did. Oh man, you got to come down here. We give, uh, you know, we we just over the pass, um, and that's one of the largest potato growing regions in the country. One of the reasons we got into potato vodka, but man, go down there and hang out with those potato farmers. Can you name the valley again, PT? You cut out there. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, the yeah, the San Luis Valley. Okay. So, and that's what we named our vodka after, actually. It's the San Luis Valley Potato Vodka. Um, and go hang out with potato farmers down there, and you'll get a PhD lecture in potatoes. It is, it's insane. And, but tons of fun. We have, um, those guys are just cool. And I think the other really cool thing that uh, we've done recently, um, we originally started out working with re-smalting for all of our our uh, uh, whiskey malts. And uh, one reason for that is we wanted to do a grain in distillation. So they were one of the few places we could get flour from. 
plus we could get a pretty large pallet of, of malts uh, or of malts from them from uh, smoked stuff to uh, you know chocolate malts and or uh, any whatever variety right uh, but just this past uh, just this winter we've started to work with proximity malting down in the San Luis Valley so we're getting uh, local barley, uh, local rye, local wheat now from them, and they're doing a great job of malting it up for us. And then um, they'll they have the uh, equipment to turn that into flour for us as well. So that's been super cool. Yeah, Colorado's kind of going through a malting boom right now, isn't it? It seems like oh, it's huge. I'm hearing about new malting companies all the time. Well, I think Proximity has a couple of malt malting houses across the country. So part of their deal was they wanted to bring, you know, more local malt to same company under same roof, but more local to whatever area of the country or region you're in. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm going to bring this back to coronavirus because that's all we can really talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what, what malting house do you order that from? <laughs> At any rate, no, no, to bring it back to Corona seriously. Is that, do you guys think, I think, uh, you know, I've been, again, I've been trying to taper all the negative reading that I'm doing with a little right. bit of positivity. And one of the things I think is like th this local, it's not just bullshit local war. It's, you know, it's a necessity now because of our supply chains and how we can get things to each other. And we can't have contact with all these people, right? Like it, grow it in your backyard as opposed to, you know, growing it in another country and having yeah, it through a bunch of people coughing on it. Um, <laughs> do you think that that's, I, I think, do you think that's going to, this is going to push that even more forward? I hope I, so. I think that local bar thing is huge, right? It is. It is. I, I mean, I, my problem with the local vor thing and it's been my problem with it for a long time now is that just because it's local doesn't mean it's good. Um, no, there's a, yeah, it has to be local's great, but it, it still needs to be really good. There's plenty of talented people in every, I'm not just talking malt, I'm like everything, distillers, breweries, restaurants, produce, whatever. Just because it was grown locally, I want to support those people and want them to keep doing it and getting better. So I try to revisit them. But yeah. if you're not good for a long period of time, then you're just leaning on your local war thing and then you can eat a bag of dicks. Um, Which you have to local. get local. Yeah, local <laughs> local bag of dicks. I have one. It's in my pants. <laughs> Wait, why do you have so many? Find that after the zombie apocalypse. Is he just falling off? Or it's true. He has him in a he has him in a fanny pack. <laughs> but I wear the fanny pack under my. Pants. Hopefully, it's one with speakers on it and rocking. I am. Uh, well, I have well, to sonic I, age my sperm. Um, <laughs> there's a phrase I didn't think I was going to say today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, Zeno, grunt us out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm exhausted by myself, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, final. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with, because I feel like final thoughts has just evolved into me asking a question that everyone has to answer. So... What is one positive thing that you think we'll get when we get through all this as, as a nation, locally, personally, whatever you want, but one positive thing that you're, we're going to gain from it. You want me to answer that? Uh, everyone. 
I want everyone to eat it simultaneously. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I will say I, I've always been a strong believer. What may, you know, if it doesn't kill us, it makes us stronger. And I think we're going to come out of this as an industry a lot more nimble. Yeah. Right. That's good. I think that it sounds a little bit um, opportunistic, but I do think from a PR perspective, this is actually good for our industry because it shows how we're not just a producer of alcohol to, you know, try and get people drunk. We're also part of our communities and we're actually, we have the capability and tools to do something to help our local communities in a way that no one else can. And that's, I mean, a still was a tool for you know generations in this country and all over the world and i think this will kind of let people realize that there's a lot of power and a lot of benefit to what our industry can do so i think that's actually really good in terms of giving the general populace to understand what we can contribute <clears throat> contribute that's awesome yeah i mean i can definitely say that there's more exposure for our industry and our level in the industry because of this which is yeah. a good thing um, I want, but I think one of the positive things that I'm going to go kind of not distilling is that maybe more people can realize they're not the only fucking person in the world. And there's a lot of people out there and they can hurt you and help you. And we should just kind of all look out for ourselves and each other. Um, if you look out for each other by not talking to them right now, right? <laughs> um, yeah. My favorite way to look out for folks. Yeah. Yep. Then that's what we need right now. But I think that, you know, there's awareness that like stop being so fucking selfish. And uh, I think that's more of a global thing that we're, we can all become a little more selfless after this. And to me, that's fucking inspiring. It's terrible what we're going through. But if that can happen, even a, just a smidge, it tickles me very deeply. And that's the way yeah. I'm going to phrase it. Everyone loves a good tickle. <laughs> and if you don't agree with that, you're going to end up in Zeno's fanny pack. So as long as it's a social distance tickle. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic aging my sperm. <laughs> um, and there's another shirt. <laughs> Colton, do you have anything or you're just a ball of negativity? I'm just a ball of negativity. Actually, I think we will. This will be kind of sad, but uh, I think we will get to see some cool new spirits as some of the supply chain industries uh, are forced to close. People will have to outsource from different areas um, and maybe find new products that they didn't know they wanted to ferment and distill. Wow. Like, can uh, we, can we ferment Corona virus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you just bought a, a 12 pack of Corona and distilled it, does that yeah. count? Well, you know, um, so I went to college in the eighties and I did, I went to spring break in Mexico and I got the coronavirus bad. <laughs> so does that mean I'm, <laughs> I think you have all the antibodies you need. <laughs> or you literally were patient zero either way. Yeah, exactly. It might, I might actually have caused this. Come to think. <laughs> uh, thank you, PT. We really appreciate you. Love you dummies. All right.